It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you grow your e-commerce business faster and more efficiently by cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and guidance from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello, Master Plan World. Welcome to our latest podcast. As it always is, it's very cool to have so many of you out there listening. I'm Chloe Thomas, the creator of the e-commerce Master Plan. I'm an author, speaker and advisor, and I focus on solving your e-commerce marketing problems. You can join the chat about that and anything else in e-commerce in the e-commerce Master Plan World Facebook group. That's at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash Facebook. Today, I've got a very special guest for you. Nate Lind is the founder of multiple e-commerce businesses to which he's driven $100 million in sales. I want to say that like a Dr. Evil there, $100 million in sales. Back on track, Chloe. Uh, mainly, these have been in the men's and women's beauty space. That's a very, very super short intro and you'll understand why I've kept it so short in a moment or two. But hello, Nate. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for having me on. That's great to have you here. Now, I've given such a quick overview because it's quite you've, you've done an awful lot of things. But before we get into kind of want some of the stuff you've actually done in e-commerce, how did you end up in the world of e-commerce? It was a little bit of an accident and and somewhat of a of a master plan that later on I can say just like you were commenting in the intro, kind of a Doctor Evil plan. <laughs> that I got into it. Um, but the the accident started in uh, where I I was actually a vice president at a bank and I was wow. working doing a day job. Um, I had, I was kind of recovering from, uh, from being an entrepreneur, uh, in, in real estate in my, in my twenties, in the U S area in 2008, the housing market went crazy and I actually kind of sucked it up and went back to work. And I did that for a number of years and I started getting really itchy and kind of frenetic energy that I wanted to get back into doing my own thing again. And uh, I found an opportunity to partner uh, with a couple other individuals that were uh, in the e-commerce space. And my original intention was just to be an investor. But as uh, as often uh, plans change and things go awry, uh, the investment that I put into that uh, that business uh, started to become under uh, a potential threat or jeopardy of, of me losing it. And uh, I really got more and more active. And I eventually uh, I spent about six months doing, you know, working two jobs, essentially my full time job and working, uh, you know, this side hustle, so to speak, as a full time job as well, selling products online. And uh, it grew fast enough and and uh, and well enough that I eventually, um, you know, quit doing the day job and then just focused entirely on selling products online. That's kind of like the last thing you want when you invest in something is to yes. end up doing it as a side hustle. It's like, yes. really? Because it, it's not like your original job that gave you the money to be able to invest was low stress, I'm guessing. No, not at all. I was working long hours there and, and, uh, you know, I, I had a, um, you know, young, you know, growing a uh, young family I had a young boy that, uh, you know, was two, like, I think, uh, two, three years old at that point in time. Oh, wow. So my wife was going to, was going back to college. So she was working full time and going to college. I was working full time, raising my first son and doing this as a, as a side hustle. So it was, uh, it was crazy. So you must have really liked e-commerce. You know, I really love the scale of it. That that was something that was a huge appeal to me because uh, in the real estate you know universe that I was real familiar with, it was all local market. So at the time, I lived uh, in, in the, the nation, the U.S. capital area, Washington D.C., and around that area uh, was a very 
a great area for real estate in the 2000s. And one of the things that I felt uh, was a, um, a negative about real estate is it's very localized in terms of you know buying and selling houses. But what I love about e-commerce and, and online sales and is it's it's worldwide. So the scale of which you can grow a business is is much larger. The transaction sizes are much smaller, so you have a much less dependency on having to have these these real big sales. You you can have you know hundreds or thousands of these little sales. And I also love the automation aspect of being able to go to sleep at like you know nine, ten, eleven o'clock at night, wake up in the morning, and there already being you know hundreds or thousands of dollars worth of sales. Because it's quite a different business model to the one to the real estate one you're in before, isn't it? It's, it's like they're almost chalk and cheese. They're totally different. It, it was not my plan at all. I did find some similarities between the two of them that that really helped my uh, shorten my learning curve and uh, some tips and techniques that that really that helped with that part of it. So tell us a little bit about some of those e-commerce businesses, because I, I guess actually, no, let me be slightly more specific than that. The e-commerce businesses you've owned over the, over recent years have they all been on a similar model? I said at the beginning they're all in the men's and beauties women's space, but was there more than just product that they had in, in similarity? Uh, no, most of them were, were, were similar in products. So they're, they're, they're vanity type products. So think about what, um, you know, at the beginning of the year, you know, what, what are people trying to solve for? And that's usually where I started with, with trying to pick out a product type is, you know, what is something that, that's going to have an effect, uh, or value on them that, uh, that they're going to want to try to, re- you know, they'll, they will want re- repeatedly. Um, it's much easier to, to have a customer that is on a Subscription, or that is a repeat customer from a from a revenue and sustainability perspective, than to just be selling you know one off products that uh, customers have no need to re- to reuse, refill, uh, consume, whatever that might be. So most of the products that I've sold over my career uh, in e commerce have been consumable type products. So uh, they might be uh, supplements or lotions or shampoos or oils. Um, we sold a lot of hair oils and men's beard oils actually over the last several years, uh, formulations for men and for women. And that, that's been um, one of our uh, feathers in our caps is something that we've done at a really large scale. And you've developed those products yourself. So you've seen the opportunity and then gone, we need our own version. We started by using uh, contract formulas. So we, we used contract manufacturers who had kind of base formulas that we used to start with when we tested the market. And, and I, I still really love that model. I think for people that are, uh, that are testing different ideas, uh, if you can do, if you can keep your investment low, and this, okay, this goes back to my investor mind frame, like don't spend a ton of money on getting custom formulations and, and ordering really large quantities when you haven't even tested the market. Um, I, I'm a big advocate of testing the market, you know, with a, a minimum viable product and then moving into something that's more unique, more custom, uh, that you can, you know, then really set yourself apart from, uh, with your, uh, with your competition. So I'm I'm going to be honest here and say I've never heard the phrase contract formulas before. So I'm guessing, okay. is that a factor you literally just go to and go, I want shampoo. They go, here's the shampoo. What shape bottle would you like it in? Is it yeah, that simple? It, and it's sometimes called private label formulas. So there's a number of manufacturers and, and supply companies that have, basically they have SKUs. That, so they have products that are uh, essentially on their shelves that all they're looking 
all they're waiting for is someone to come by and say, we want to sell this shampoo. Okay. I need to put my own label on it. And uh, so you create your own brand and, and, uh, and branding around whatever that product that, and that formula is, but you're not necessarily going out and, and doing your own biochemist research and, you know, or pharmaceutical work or whatever that might be to get something that's specific and unique to you. You use a uh, kind of a stock product that then you put your, you, your labels put on it and the manufacturer will add all of the necessary requirements for, uh, for, you know, various regulators in the various, you know, uh, countries that you're selling uh, it from to make sure that it's compliant, but then it is your product. You're purchasing it from them, usually a little bit, uh, sometimes a little bit of a cheaper amount than if you were to get the custom formulation. Often it's way cheaper. In fact, I should correct myself. Um, <laughs> when, when you get those custom formulations, your those things can start to get really expensive, especially if it's um, you know if it has a, a really uh, potent active ingredient that does X Y Z or something special, or you know makes your you know hair grow at twice the rate, or and even if it does, you probably still shouldn't say that because you have to you know, be, <laughs> yeah be, be, be careful about Prove your marketing it. claims. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. So that's, that strikes me as a really great way to see if there is appetite and see if you can find an effective way to get in front of the right people. Because it, it's not just that people want this product, it's can I cost effectively get the traffic, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And the traffic's the next big thing too. A lot, a lot of folks, um, they, they spend, uh, they spend a ton of time trying to get sales, but don't realize there's a couple of like really key things that they, they need to know how to do. They need to have a really good linear sales funnel. So what I mean by that is it, it doesn't work all that well to just have a, uh, one website with like 50,000 products on it or 50 products on it. Uh, when someone comes to the website, they're, they're overwhelmed. Like, well, what do I order? What, you know, what am I supposed to do? Um, this was another key thing that I, I didn't know until after I got started, how blessed I was in starting with it was a very sales funnel driven, uh, e-commerce plan. So having mm-hmm. uh, a product, um, let's, let's just say it's, it's a shampoo. And then the upsell of that is a conditioner. And then maybe another upsell of that is some soap. So there's three things that, that, uh, they make sense. They are congruent with one another. But instead of offering all three at the same time to somebody, you offer one. So offer the shampoo first and, you know, get the, get the, you know, the buy-in of the customer and then offer them the conditioner and then offer them the soap. And, and then you can close out the, uh, the cart or the ticket and, um, and you, you can wrap, well, at some point you should probably also offer, you know, auto shipping, kind of like what Amazon does now, you know, would you like another shipment of this in one month, two months, three months, you know, for some form of a discount, like that's, that's a great way to, to, to look at your website and think about, okay, do I have way too much stuff that is so overwhelming, like a Chinese, you know, restaurant menu, or is it something really simple, uh, like in and out burger? You guys may not have those. Uh, no, we uh, don't, we don't have those, but I'm guessing so a, really simple, really simple. Just keep it simple. So the, um, so is the, is the in and out burger, sorry, I completely cut you off there, but the in and out burger, is that, how do, how do they do it just to give people a nice visualization? There's like four things on the menu. There's a, a single patty hamburger, a double patty hamburger, and, and, and there's like fries and a shake. And, and that's pretty much it. They actually have a, a secret menu that you can order off of, but they don't display it. You have to, uh, you have to know what you're looking for. Um, so it, it's, it's really effective and it, 
In-N-Out burgers growing just monstrously in the U.S. You, you can barely get sandwiches out of them or, or hamburgers out of them because uh, how popular they are. And, and usually the line is just like around the block. It's, it's crazy. So it's exactly the same model. Like there's three products you can see on the website. You pick one, we're going to upsell you the other ones in the checkout, and then we'll try and get you onto an automated replenishment. Absolutely. And it doesn't have to be one or the other. I recommend doing both. And that's what I do with my brands. I'll have the main brand website that'll be like a Shopify or a a WooCommerce or or some type of, you know, standard e-commerce type website that will list everything. But that's not where I drive traffic to. I'll drive traffic to a linear funnel that'll have just one product that's listed then this, then it'll list the second product and then the third product. And that can go on. You can, I mean, you can have as many products as you want really until the customer, you know, uh, you know, they, until they bail out of the process and some of them go eight, nine levels deep. It just depends on how aggressive your marketing is. Wow. So we, we literally, there's an ad somewhere or something is driving traffic of someone who wants that type of shampoo. They land on the page for the shampoo, click buy, then they get a page that says buy the conditioner click buy, yep. then they get a page that says buy the soap, click buy, and then they're allowed to check out. That's what, just to make it really basic. Really basic. Most people who bought the shampoo also buy this conditioner. And then most people who bought the shampoo and conditioner also buy this soap. And it's it's kind of actively encouraging the customer to follow along what most other people do as well. And I'm guessing you're not using Shopify to build that. No, not not. Those are usually custom uh, customized uh, funnels. No, so you can do it in uh, a variety of different systems. Shopify has some plugins. I think it's Bold Commerce that you can use to create those upsells. Um, there, and there's a variety of systems uh, that that you can create those funnels, click funnels. And Robert um, uh, Russell Brunson's real famous for having a system. Uh, they're okay for testing, although I prefer to have custom uh, websites because it's so critical to have them be mobile optimized and they also need to, to load really quickly. And uh, it, people just don't have the patience to wait for, uh, for websites to load if they're really graphic intensive. And um, those are some key things that I have found can make or break a website. And I suppose actually building those sites, it's a lot simpler than building an e-commerce site, isn't it? Way simpler. You yeah. have uh, you have a you know basically your landing page which collects part of the customer's information, so their name, their email, um, you know, phone number, you know, something like that. Then you lead them to like a secondary page, which you know you can collect a little bit of information, maybe you know survey them, you know, a couple of questions. Uh, you know, are they looking for you know if, if we leave it in the sh- on the shampoo side, are they looking to thicken their hair or add volume to it, or are they just wanting moisturizing? Like you can ask them a question there that kind of helps you understand understand what to follow up with them, maybe in your email marketing, and then you, you can finish collecting uh, you know, some more of their information. And I, we found that having the forms split up in like two or three pages and then get the credit card information to be a really effective and gradual conversion process for customers. So it's not just fill out this long form of name, email, address, suite number, zip code, postal code, whatever you want to call it. And like, don't do all of that just on one page, break it up just a little bit. And um, I, I've, I spend a ton of time looking at, at uh, other sites and other uh, ads and just watching what, what people are doing. And Amazon's a great model to follow as well, taking their checkout form and, and implementing that into your, into your checkout page and having that auto ship feature in it uh, is, is, a, is a great value add. Okay, now you said, I'm going to hold you to this, you said there are two key things to do to get traffic and that one of them was linear sales funnels. So what's the other? 
The other one that I, I'm a big fan of is affiliate marketing. Um, I have, have done a tremendous amount of sales using some, you know, some very sophisticated, savvy and, and, uh, uh, and, and powerful affiliates that can drive just crazy scale in terms of volume. And they also take a lot of the pressure off of the front end of, of the marketing off of your plate. So what I mean by that is most really effective affiliates will handle uh, the the actual ad placements on Facebook or Google or on the native sites. So they'll, they'll be doing that interruptive based uh, advertisement or creative banner that catches somebody's eye. And then they will typically uh, pitch or promote your product through uh, some type of intermediary uh, page, sometimes called a pre-sale page, or they'll call it a landing page. But that that introduces the the cold traffic to maybe something that's specific and interesting about your product. What's its what's its active ingredient? What what are the you know the the features and the benefits of it? What's its unique selling proposition? Uh, that warms up the traffic. And then will uh, converts them or or uh, engages them to your landing page to conclude the sale. Got you. And um, just so we're clear on what affiliates are, because I know some people use them for different sorts of things. Are we talking about you know getting signed up with a trade doubler or an affiliate window or something, one of the big platforms, and then just seeing who who you can recruit to sell the products, or are you running your own affiliate campaign using uh, different I, software? I t- I tend to recommend when people are first getting started uh, to use a an affiliate network or use a a, a platform uh, first. Be, and and even still, you know, years later, that's still a preferred model that uh, that, that I employ. Mm-hmm. Managing affiliates directly can be intimidating and difficult because of the um, the. It's not worth their time to teach you how to get started. You, yeah. you know, when you're when you're first getting going, it's really difficult to attract uh, someone that's a you know a superstar that's that's a really high powered affiliate when they could be making money doing something else with somebody that's more experienced that has a proven track record. So, uh, I, I'm a I'm a big fan for new people starting uh, by having that intermediate um, network or or agency that can handle that part. And I guess the key thing when you're listing yourself up on that up on that network is to make it clear that you're happy for them to do any type of marketing to bring you traffic. Because often there are restrictions placed on things, but you're saying let them do the marketing legwork and just focus on getting your conversions. Yeah, let them do the marketing legwork. You you want to be um you know specific about you know what what forms of traffic that you're willing to accept. Uh and, and you need to have some due diligence processes in place to make sure that, that those affiliates are complying and those affiliate networks are complying with your wishes. So there's some additional technology I, I recommend. Anyone that's selling anything online, I think, should be using a fraud detection system of some kind. I'm a big fan of Count. K-O-U-N-T. It, it, it's a very sophisticated system. It was developed by the people at ClickBank. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've, they've had, you know, if you've never heard of ClickBank, they have a, a ton, a ton of internet uh, traffic and, and experience having sold a lot of ebooks and digital products. And, and they're getting into physical product sales more recently. Um, but they they have just done so many sales, you know, hundreds, of, hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars worth of sales that they developed their own system called Count, which can detect 
detect whether or not that credit card was maybe scraped off of some blacklist on, you know, on the dark web, or is that credit card being used in 12 different geographic locations around the world within a 24 hour period, which probably impossible. So, and then there's a number of rules that they use to, to ensure that uh, there's no fraudulent activity either on the consumer side or potentially on the affiliate side. And, you know, it's, this is a, a dog eat dog world. So, or, or fishy fish world. Um, you can't really tell who you're getting involved with. Um, and so you just need to have uh, some due diligence and, and some smart practices in place. Awesome. Great recommendation there. I think that's um, having having seen frauds happen and discovered not least how galling it can be that a fraud happens in the first place when you've shipped the product and can't get it back. But mm. also the fact that you didn't realise you'd paid a load of affiliate commission on the same sale until yep. it was too late to claw that back. It's like it's like a kick in the teeth. So yeah, and, and, and then you get a charge back on it, perhaps. So oh yeah, you get a, it's a like chargeback fee. Ah, <laughs> everything yeah. goes wrong. Um, okay, Nate, that has been. Really awesome guide to how you've how you've grown those those e-commerce businesses. Um, before we go into the top tips round, rather than you know try and guess at any other great advice you'd have for our for our listeners based on all your experience in e-commerce, are there a couple of other tips you've got for them? Maybe you know like you that that one for count just came out of thin air. So there are a couple of other really awesome brainwaves. I'm a big advocate of, of building relationships and expanding your network in, in the e-commerce space. When when I first got into e-commerce, I, there wasn't a much there wasn't much of a developed community that I felt like I was a part of. So I just spent time networking and going to different trade shows and going to different events and and being uh, overly communicative as to who I am and what I'm doing and tr- and also try to provide value to people like those little tips like hey I'm using this you know count is saving me over a hundred thousand dollars a year and you know, because mm. it, it prevents, you know, 3% of the fraud. And then, you know, just communicating some of that stuff and giving people, you know, um, uh, referrals and recommendations to, to systems and services that I use that can save them money or other ways that they can make money that I've learned, you know, through the School of Hard Knocks. And when I've noticed that when I do that, I get so much back in return. And, you know, people are, are really willing to share if you take that first step and you share unselfishly first. So that by that is absolutely the most powerful tip or technique that I can recommend for anybody is uh, surround yourself with other successful e-commerce entrepreneurs and do everything you can to, to make them more money by sharing, you know, maybe you've got something that's some secret sauce or something that's working really well for you. And, and if it's, especially when, when they're, when, when the idea around it is just to, to give, you're going to get something back. Excellent advice. Okay. Um, I've thought something else I need to ask you for me into the top tips around Nate, which is, I know now e-commerce is kind of part of your past. So what are you up to these days? What's the latest sector that you're, you're getting into? It's it it is still uh is still active for me not in, not in as much of my bandwidth so mm. now I've been able to grow uh and, and build a very successful team that manages a lot more of that in the day to day than I do uh and and I've kind of replaced myself in that that function within my business so what I spend my time doing now uh, is working on um, is continuing to build a trade show that I built and uh, and the mastermind uh, behind that as well and that kind of goes back to that core philosophy I live it I breathe it I sleep it. I, I can't help but talk about it is the relationships and the connections that you build are absolutely what's the difference between success and failure in, in my humble opinion. 
Excellent. And if anyone's interested in finding out more about your trade show, your mastermind, where can they find those? The easiest place to go is natelind.com. And I've got my projects are uh, kind of partway down through my website. And you can see uh, I have some curriculum that I uh, is actually a course that I used when I first started the industry, uh, started in the industry and in e-commerce uh, six or seven years ago that I re-released with in partnership with the original author and uh, then add some and uh, the mastermind. Those are kind of the three, the three projects that I focus on with my time, mostly as my team continues to do the e-commerce behind the scenes. Uh, at my shop. Excellent. Well, look, let's go into the top tips round now, I think. And I love this section because it gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas, not that you haven't given us some already, for taking our businesses to the next level. So Nate, first up is the book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agrees to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? Oh, that's a good one. There's been some really great books that have absolutely changed my life. So do you want life-changing books or do you want tactics? Can we have one of each? Was that being greedy? Yep. No, not at all. So, <laughs> uh, so for e-commerce, I love Ready, Fire, Aim by Michael Masterson. He does a fantastic job talking about how to get to a million dollars, then how to get to 10 million, and then how to get to a hundred million. So there's three different sections of the book that focus on three different parts of your, uh, your entrepreneurial journey. Um, and then for, uh, for life-changing books, um, probably MJ DeMarco's The Millionaire Fastlane. That was, uh, that's really what inspired me t- to look at the, the online universe, uh, to, uh, and, and, uh, kind of put, you know, real estate in the past and look at something that's, that's more scalable. And his story about how he, uh, he built, sold, and then repurchased limos.com as a lead gen service for limousine companies around, um, I guess it's around the U.S. I don't know if it's around the world or not. And I think it's just the U.S. And he has a, a very active forum that uh, I used to be a part of and, and actually connected with uh, with people that, uh, you know, I did business with. So those would be uh, my two picks. Oh, two excellent recommendations. Okay, the traffic top tip next then. Which marketing method, method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? Hmm. I, I think the affiliate marketing is got to be top tier. Um, there's, uh, there's just so much scale to be had with it. It now there, it's kind of, it's kind of like the, the wild west though. So there, you still have to spend, like I said before, you have to spend a little bit of time and, and, and do your due diligence to make sure that, uh, that what you see is what you get. Uh, but it is so effective in scaling physical product sales and even digital product sales. Uh, so if you've got a, a digital product or a physical product, affiliate marketing is a fantastic way to grow that. It's 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 just a great channel that uh, I've used a whole lot of for, for, for many, many years. And um, that would be my top tip. Excellent. Okay. I'm, I always like it when it's consistent with, when, with what we've spoken about before. It's like, yeah, this really is the top tip. Okay. Yep. The the tool top tip then, maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plugin, a phone app, or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day? <laughs> this one is totally off the beaten path, but I just got referred to uh, this uh, this phone app called RoboKiller. And uh, it, it's not e-commerce related at all. And I'll, I'll give you one here in a second. But ro- I, shameless plug for, for, or not shameless, I've got nothing to do with them, but RoboKiller is this app that 
it takes your incoming calls and filters people based on whether it's like a telemarketer and spam. And then there's this, uh, there's like this answer bot basically, where it's kind of a pre-recorded call that plays to this, to the spammer. And then it records the call as well. So you can hear people like trying to engage with this recording and then you can post it on their, like on their website or like they've got this robo killer radio station. It's, it's super hilarious. And it comes to mind for me because I get so many calls. Like I've been, you know, an authority in the e-commerce space for so long now. Um, You know, people can Google me and find my information and then, you know, please don't just call me out of the blue. You're going to go to, to, to robo killer, (laughs) but it, it, uh, that, that has really saved my phone. Um, so, so that's one, you know, really fun, really cool life changing for me because of how much time I was literally like picking up the phone, like just angry because it was going to, I would assume it was going to be a telemarketer and you never want to be an entrepreneur and coming from a space of like anger or irritation. Like it it just, Mm -hmm. it's really bad for your energy and it, and it, and it really, you know, it's, it's just a, it's just a killer for your, your own motivation and, and your, your peace of mind. Um, I I love Robo Killer. That sounds awesome. It's super cool. So much um, fun. That one's that one's been great. Um, I'll tell you. I'll tell you a really good tool um, that that has helped uh, my team out quite a bit, and and our company is Pingdom. P i n g d o m. Pingdom is a tool that you can set up to um, to monitor your your website, and y- y- when you're an online. Uh, entrepreneur, when you're in e-commerce, your website is, it's your lifeline. If it's not up, if it's not fast, if it's not processing orders, you're out of business. Um, and, and Pingdom is a really good tool that we've used uh, over the years to set up some automation to make sure that orders actually place. In, and I believe it's set up now where you can, you can have it uh, almost like mimic the order process. So you can have test orders go through uh, your, your sales funnel and your, uh, your e-commerce platform or CRM or whatever you use at a regular basis to make sure that orders are always happening. And if you decide to, to, you know, dip your toe into the affiliate marketing space, you have to have some really good monitoring tools because you don't want your affiliates monitoring it and find out that your website was down or some tracking pixels were messed up or something happened and they didn't get compensated for the traffic they were sending because that's dollars just out the, you know, right out of their pocket, which makes them infuriated. Mm, yeah. And you don't want your your affiliates to ever be infuriated. No, they're your partners. Exactly. Okay. Then the last top tip is the growth top tip. If you met someone today who's focused on growing their e-commerce business from 100 orders per month to 1,000, what would be your number one tip for them? If they're not using a, a linear sales funnel, they need to. And if they are using a linear sales funnel, then they need to um, take a look at adding some additional products to it. Uh, if they've already, if they already have a, a nice funnel with multiple products on it, make sure that they're doing some fantastic uh, remarketing and, and email. Email is not dead. It is, you know, buying away a very overlooked uh, marketing channel that I still kick myself for not having done, you know, more and more email, you know, later, earlier in my career as I did. Um, I was so focused on front end sales that I really ignored the back end of my, um, uh, of my enterprise for a long, long time. And that's, uh, that's silly. And I'll, I'll give you one more. Uh, if you have, um, if you have customers that abandon the sales process and you're not you don't have a, a, a good or reliable outbound calling uh, sales company calling them and re-engaging them, you should do that. 
because all of the top marketing brands have really good sales forces that uh, they can call out to those. And um, I, I won't bother you with who I suggest, but if people contact me, I'm happy to give them recommendations and I've got no affiliations with those companies, but it's, those are game changers in terms of uh, making extra revenue. And you, you may find that more sales does not mean more money. I've certainly found that to be the case where I've done more sales and made less money and then shot myself in the foot from a margin perspective. Yeah, it's um, sometimes there's, well, there's, there's definitely a law of diminishing returns in marketing, isn't there? There's a point at which the cost, it's, the cost of getting each extra new customer just does not make it worth it. Yep. Okay, Master Plan World, you can find all those top tips and links to everything else we've been chatting about in today's episode by heading over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast, where you will see a link to this show. Now, Nate, we've let people know what you're up to currently, but um, we failed to let people know any of those e-commerce businesses that you're, uh, you, you are still very much involved with. And there are a couple of them, just so people can get a bit of a visual of what, what you're up to, that, that you'd be willing to share their websites for. Absolutely. So Legendary Man is one that's a men's grooming and, and lifestyle company. It's, it has a hyphen in between Legendary and Man. Uh, and and uh, my, my marketing, um, my CFO, sh- sh- just shamefully, if you search Legendary Man, you see me above uh, even the Old Spice commercial, which is super embarrassing because I'm like, probably one of the most humble people you'll ever meet. Um, but uh, there it is. And um, there's another one that... Uh, uh, that, that we do a fantastic job with, which is called Magnetique. And that's a women's based brand, which we sell um, some women's hair oils and, and that sort of, and then some supplements and different uh, health products for women. Okay. Awesome. And just to remind people um, about what you're up to right now, just the quick links again would be great. Yes. So legendaryman.com and getmagnetique.com. Marvelous. And I think you have a course you said that could help people follow in your footsteps. We do. Feel yeah. free so to I, plug away. Oh, thank you. Uh, so when I first got into the internet marketing space, I, I, one of my partners that I, that, you know, I was, I was the investor and one of the partners was an, was an operator. Uh, he was actually a student of this, of this course. And, and I also went through the course as well. And it was called Advertiser 360. Um, I, I partnered with the originator of it and we've re-released it and it's called Continuity U, short for Continuity University. And it's a subscription business university class that uh, you can go to continuityu.com and we have uh, some free modules. People are, uh, you know, absolutely, um, uh, have an opportunity to uh, to partake, and it's it is the course that launched my hundred million dollar career. It's got to be one worth checking out. In that case, then it's uh, awesome. Okay, I'll add links to all of that and everything else we talked about in the show notes. Masterplan World, you can find those at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast or just go to the website, click on the podcast tab or use that search box. Nate, thank you so much. You've been an absolute star. Spend sharing even some absolute gems with us today. It's been brilliant. Really got me thinking. I'm sure it's got our listeners thinking as well. So thank you very much. Thank you, Chloe. So many tips there from Nate. Um, So many little ideas to get you thinking and then some huge ideas as well, especially that linear sales funnel. And it's something which continues to fascinate me. And I would, I don't know, guys, if I ever get around to create my own e-commerce store, I think there might be a linear sales funnel involved because that just sounds like a lot of fun to optimize. 
Lots of links there from Nate to go and check those out on the show notes page at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast. And if you want to know a bit more about upsells, we have the um, the session in the e-commerce master plan virtual summit from Chris Mason of WooCurve, who was talking about uh, upsells on WooCommerce using his app. So you can still get that for free. That's available at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash summit because all that summit content is still free for you to go and have a watch of and learn from. Have a great week, all of you, and keep optimizing. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com.